welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, we're here with Randy Couture, not Juicy Couture. I see in all your not interviews, Couture, yeah. that's what made you become a businessman. That's, but, funny. that's um, funny. Randy Couture. So, PFL mm-hmm. is coming up. New Year's Eve, the championship. Six millionaires are going to walk out of the event. Tell the audience a little bit about the event, and then we'll dive into it. So, Professional Fighters League, uh, this is our second season. Um, they've t- taken MMA and basically put it into a traditional sports format. We had a regular season with six weight classes, uh, those 12 guys, and in this case, this season, we have eight women competing in, in the 155-pound lightweight division. Uh, competed twice in the regular season. They score criteria based on how they finish those fights. The top eight, uh, and in this case, the top four for the women uh, move on to the postseason playoffs, basically, like any other sport. Yep. And they fight their quarterfinal and semifinal matches in, in one night uh, in the playoffs. The winners of those advance to the finals, which is what's coming up here at Madison Square Garden on, on the 31st on New Year's Eve. Um, and they are giving away, not giving away, they are, uh, <laughs> win, have the shot at winning a million dollars in each weight class for, for the champions for this season, for nice. 2019. So, did you ever fight twice in one night in a big fight? Like, that seems to be a different format than what we normally see on the Actually, scene. it was commonplace back really? in the sport. When I started, uh, I fought twice in my very first UFC. I fought twice in some shows in Japan. Uh, that tournament format was a lot more common back then. They've moved away from that over the years as the sport uh, progressed and evolved. Uh, and so the PFL has kind of reinstituted something that we used to do a lot of yeah. and that we don't see very often anymore. You know, we're calling it the toughest night in, in athletics, which in some ways it is for sure. So uh, they're still only fighting five rounds on that night. So it's the same as a championship fight in MMA. The The quarterfinal match is two rounds and then the okay. semifinal match is three rounds. So uh, as far as wear and tear on the athletes, they're still only fighting five five-minute rounds. Uh, the, the real trick is you don't know who's going to advance and who your opponent's going to be in the next match. And that could be in 30, 45 minutes or an hour and a half. So right. there's strategic ways to approach that. And then obviously mindset and tactically, you don't really know. You can't sharpen tools for that that problem in the in the next match. So that's the challenge. Yeah, that that is an interesting aspect to the fight. What would you do as a fighter to prepare for something like that? At some point, especially in, in a tournament format like that, you, you just have to let it go and say, "Well, I don't know who's going to advance, so there's no sense in practicing." Right. I mean, you can speculate and say and assume, "Well, maybe this guy's going to win, so I'll end up with him in the semifinals." And so try to sharpen some tools and and prepare tactically for that guy but at the end of the day you don't know you might have done that all for nothing because he may lose so uh i think at the end of the day you just have to be confident in what you do and go out and do what you do and not worry too much about that other guy and what he's going to do that's interesting you play to your strengths and you can't really worry about the other did you do that a lot when you were fighting in your career or because you had a little more time to prepare you were focused on their weaknesses maybe or if it was just a one-off single fight yeah, yeah absolutely studying tape you know, preparing and sharpening the appropriate tools to hopefully solve the problem that is that guy standing across the cage for me. Uh, You know, in the tournament format, that's a little bit more challenging. You don't really have the luxury. If you're lucky, you're going to get 30 to 45 minutes before you walk back out there, you know, and maybe an hour and a half tops. That's not a lot of time to prepare. Is that actually... Could that be a bad thing? You're bruising, your body's kind of reacting. Part of it. I mean, part of the... 
the the mindset and strategy going in is to try and get that first fight over with without right. sustaining a bunch of damage, without taking too much punishment or, or hurting yourself, so that it's hard to then go back out mm-hmm. and perform 100% in the next match. So that is definitely part of the strategy. Gotcha. So six millionaires coming out of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, what's this going to mean to them? That's life-changing money. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have two guys returning this season that were champs last year. Okay. That, that uh, you know, Nathan Schultz and, and Lance Palmer both won their prospective divisions last year, and now they're back trying to repeat, which will be interesting. Um, so, I mean, for a lot of these guys, that's that's life-changing money. Yeah. Which fight would you say you're most excited for? Obviously, it's going to be an awesome event, but... Yeah, I think every single one of these... I mean, these are the best of the best from the whole season, and we've yeah. had an amazing season. Uh, obviously, excited to see Nathan Schultz perform again and see if he can repeat. Same with Lance Palmer. We in- implemented the women's division this year, so Kayla Harrison, two-time Olympic gold medalist in judo, is, is competing against Larissa Pacheco, who's a, you know, a very accomplished Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and MMA fighter. That's going to be a really interesting fight. I'm excited to see how that shakes out. You know, David Michaud is is finding is fighting uh, Ray Cooper the third, and Ray Cooper was one of our finalists last year. Mm-hmm. Came up a little bit short. He's managed to work his way all the way back in this season and get back into the finals. So obviously he's hoping for a better outcome this year. And I, I'm predicting that that fight probably will not go the distance. They're both <laughs> They're bangers. They're going to come hard and throw big punches. So somebody's probably going to sleep in that one. Where's the, where's the upset coming from? You know, that's interesting. You just never know. Yeah. That's what I love about MMA because you think you got it figured out and then somebody throws a monkey wrench in there and it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. Somebody pulls something off. So yeah. um, obviously I think it will probably be a huge upset if, if Larissa Pacheco – beat Kayla Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's certainly a formidable opponent. Uh, you know, Kayla's undefeated in her five MMA fights, but she's still pretty new to the sport. But she's 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 going to be tough. So that's awesome. Uh, you know, I don't know if there'll be any real upsets, um, but there'll be a lot of great fights. Yeah. So New Year's Eve, six fights. Yeah. Hulu Theater. Yeah. Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden doesn't get any better than that. That's amazing. When will you be back? Obviously, you're going Coming back away. the twenty eighth. Okay. Uh, to get ready for weigh-ins, all the fighter interviews, and kind of ramp up for for New Year's. Will Eve. we see any fireworks at weigh-ins or anything among those? You know, sorts? this is the beauty of of uh, this format and the Professional Fighters League is that there's no trash. To, I mean, some guys are wired that way and they yeah. talk a little smack, and you'll you'll might see a little of that, uh, but that's not rewarded. At the end of the day, you still got to walk out in that cage and win fights to advance and win right. fights to move on. So. This will be no different. Obviously, this is the big show. This is for all the money. So, uh, you know, they're definitely going to be bringing their A game. It will be intense. But I would be surprised, honestly, if you see any antics or, or any of that stuff. Is there an element to trash talking that goes above just what it looks yes. like on the screen? Yes. It's absolutely a, a psychological warfare. You're trying to get that guy to think about anything else but right. technically and tactically how to beat you. Uh, Were you you can make him talker? emotional. No, never. No. Wasn't my style. Yeah. I let my talking happen in the cage. Was there ever a trash talker who you noticed maybe didn't get you, but you noticed like, okay, I need to refocus. He's just trash talk. I mean, probably the best guy I faced that used that tactic yeah. or tool was Tito Ortiz. I mean, he was kind of the original bad boy that that talked, you know, smack and trash and tried to get under your skin. 
uh, you know, again, trying to make you emotional, trying to make you, yeah. you take you out of your game and out of your mindset to go out and win. I knew that going in when I signed up for that fight. And that was probably one of the few times I, I kind of gave a little of the back <laughs> back to my opponent because yeah. I knew what he was going to do. So, um, and, and I think that surprised him. So it kind of probably worked in my favor because uh, it was uncharacteristic for me to, to quip back or say anything yeah. back. That's awesome. All right, so Pro Fighting League, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. That's the event on ESPN. On ESPN, uh, ESPN2. Yes, seven a seven p.m. at the Hulu Theater. You get tickets at Ticketmaster. How? When's the last fight expected? What we'll year be, is the last fight expected to be? In? <laughs> we'll be done and out of there before the ball drops. Okay. We'll be done by eleven. Okay. So uh, the, the, there'll be new champs, new belts raised, and and new millionaires. That's got to be a fun New Year's for the winners. Yeah, it'll be a blast. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to talk a little bit, a bit, uh, a little bit more about you um you fought for a very long time and then you kind of pursued other things and we touched on at the way beginning about uh becoming a businessman but how did you make the transition or know that you wanted to go to acting it's not something i knew i wanted to do it's not Mm -hmm. something i ever did you know i think i was in a sixth grade play i played tiny tim in the christmas carol but uh, (laughs) i was never into drama tiny yeah tiny tim god bless us everyone (laughs) Uh, I never really was into any of that stuff. I've been an athlete my whole life. So, you know, back in 98, 99, uh, they were looking for authentic cage fighters to play a small role in the movie Cradle to the Grave. Mm-hmm. And myself and Chuck and Tito all, all got called if we were interested in, in doing that. And uh, I thought, yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, I did it. And, uh, you know, it was very intriguing and very interesting process. You know, we, we shot seven days for that one little four minute scene in that movie. Could 13, you believe you know, 12, that? 12, 13 hour days. So it was this immediate, amazing kind of process for the whole thing. And was immediately intrigued by the whole thing. Went out and started uh, taking some acting classes, ended up getting an agent eventually and starting to get more acting jobs. Now fighting always came first. Right. Um, but I was having fun in my downtime, kind of taking acting jobs, auditioning and doing a lot of that other stuff. And then, Obviously now, since retiring from fighting in uh, 2011, I can I can sole, solely focus on acting and and continuing to to get into that. Who's like your dream, either dream movie or dream co-star? Who would you say? I mean, it's it's hard to say. Uh, obviously, being involved in the Expendables was a, amazing. A dem- a definitely yeah. a, a pinch me moment you know working with Stallone and being a part of his his property and and that whole project uh and one two and three and those guys are just amazing guys I mean if you want to learn the ins and outs of the business that's a great group of guys to be hanging around with and watching how they work and their approach to the profession so uh that's certainly been a big one and you kind of encompassed every major action star in the in the history of man in that one movie so it was a lot of fun uh, you know, I've always wanted to kind of branch out and do things that people wouldn't expect me to do. You know, why not do a romantic comedy or a comedy in general? Yeah. I just did a Western, which is a genre I've been very fond of since I was a boy. Yeah. And uh, so to kind of get to finally be on a horse and be a cowboy in a movie was a lot of fun. And it was a comedy, too. So I think it's going to be uh, <laughs> You're really wearing a lot of hats, yeah. a lot of cowboy hats. Yeah. So... We're, so we've interviewed a few people on the podcast before who say, like Spice Adams, he was in the NFL, so he's dealing with athletes all the time. He's playing against them. But then said when he went to entertainment and he's working with comedians, 
he actually would get like somewhat starstruck by like a Kevin Hart, even though he's worked with mm. people at the top of their game. Have you ever had one of those moments transitioning from athleticism to acting, or even if it's in business or? Yeah, I've, I've never really had that kind of starstruck yeah. experience. Uh, yeah, I definitely have had kind of that surreal moment, especially that right. first scene when all the Expendables came together. <laughs> you know, I was like. It was just kind of, I think even the the crew, the people that are in the movie industry that's shooting this thing right. were like, wow, this is really cool. It was just kind of one of those moments. But I've never kind of really been overwhelmed with that kind of starstruck moment. I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, we're all just people. Right. And uh, I've always kind of taken people at face value like that. So Nice. So you're, you built the chain of gems. Extreme Couture. You mm -hmm. built the clothing line. Is that from the clothing line? This is PFL. PFL. Is um, PFL I like the logo. What's the this logo here? From? This is one. Uh, okay. Howitzer is the new line that's out, just coming out, and nice. portion of the proceeds from Howitzer Howitzer clothing will go to uh, veterans and first responders charities. And yeah. so, obviously, something I'm having worn the uniform. Uh, something I'm, I'm involved in is trying to find ways to give back to these guys, especially now since 9/11. And yeah. Uh, so I'm involved with several uh, charities and, and run a charity of my own as well. How's that been as just an experience? I mean, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like you're you're getting a chance to give back to make a difference in some of these guys' lives that have made pretty significant sacrifices. And sometimes it's just as simple as giving them a place to work out right. and uh, getting them reconnected with other guys that have served and, and give them a place to talk and vent and, and you know, uh, reconnect and, and, and get back on the journey. That's a cool, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Um, so when you got inducted into the Hall of Fame, what did that mean to you? You know, it was it was special. Um, obviously, I've, I've been in the UFC's Hall of Fame, the MMA Hall of Fame. They got inducted last summer into the Wrestling Hall of Fame for amateur wrestling, for USA Wrestling. All those things were were uh, such a huge honor you know you've I've spent my life as an athlete and so to be recognized by your peers uh, in those circumstances has been pretty amazing nice. I need to ask because I tried it for five days I tried the vegan diet ah and the vegan diet the has game changer info, did you I, I didn't watch it ah. which is so I tried it for five days everyone started asking me questions oh you start you saw the the documentary I was like mm -hmm. no what are you talking about since I've heard of it mm -hmm. um What's your thought on the overall diet, or what were you doing back in the day? Uh, you know, I believe in, in a balanced diet. Yeah. I think if you skew it one way or the other too far, it, it just it, things get out of whack and it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I understand it's a water-based system, so water is very, very important. It's also uh, based on acid and alkalinity. Uh, the stress, bad foods, alcohol, training, all those things build acid up in the system. Right. The counter to that acid is alkalinity. Greens are very alkaline. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of foods out there that, that create that alkalinity and combat that acid. You know, diseases and illnesses all grow in acidic environments. So the more greens and stuff like that you can put in, uh, I think, is important. It's good. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. But it also, I think there needs to be a balance. I'm never going to be a vegan. Right. I think there's always going to be some form of meat or protein in, in my diet. And I think you can go too far that way, too. And... and and it's not healthy either. So, um, 
Riffing off of that, let's go rapid fire. What is rapid your fi- What is your favorite food? Oh, I'm a steak guy. Steak for guy. sure. Which steak? Uh, I like the ribeye. Cooked. You know, uh, medium rare, I'm like an American. Yeah. <laughs> is that an American thing? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I yeah. didn't know that. What's What's like a European? Uh, how do they like their steak? You know, beef isn't nearly as prevalent in, in some of the other countries that I've visited. Or it's a huge luxury in some of those places, too. It's just not as, as common. So yeah. I think that's something that maybe we as Americans take for granted. Yeah. Uh, we have you know, amazing farmers and ranchers in this country, and we, we enjoy a lot of things that a lot of other people don't get to see. Absolutely. What's your side dish with the ribeye? Uh, good veggie. I, I'm your a greens. sauteed Spanish you guy. Have the I like asparagus. I like broccolini. Yeah, okay. I like the greens for sure. All right, this one, and it might be an easy answer. Favorite movie? Uh, Vision Quest. Okay, so is, it's not the one you're in. Uh, no, I mean, I like the projects that I've been yeah. able to be a part of and, and contribute to, and, and certainly Expendables is probably the biggest of, of all of them uh, as far as success and the genre and all those things that, and the people that are in that. But, yeah. uh, you know, growing up, I've been a wrestler since I was 10 years old, and I just think of all the wrestling movies I've seen, that Vision Quest movie was was great. So you said that your mom wouldn't let you box, right? That's right. But then she let you wrestle, and then she probably should have yeah, let you box. Yeah, wrestling was okay, and, and and I was interested and intrigued in boxing like so many people that grew up in that era, Muhammad Ali, Joe right. Frazier. I mean, the, in a lot of ways, the golden age of boxing. And uh, so I always wanted to try to box, and that was the one thing my mom said no. And I was sneaking away. Would that have helped your UFC career? Well, I or think it would have been yeah. a, a little bit of a leg up. But you were such a good wrestler because of that potential. That was one of the first things I had to start to learn how to do was yeah. to box and kickbox as right. I transitioned from wrestling to fighting. And I walked into that first fight in UFC 13 and I fought twice that night solely as a wrestler with yeah. no real striking background at all, uh, which you would not get away with nowadays. Yeah. Back then, you could get away with it. Who was your toughest fight? Or toughest person to fight? Every guy I fought was tough. Yeah. They all posed different problems. They all forced me to learn and, and train and do things that I wouldn't have otherwise done. And that's why I always try to be very respectful of my opponents. Yeah. Uh, Did you have a favorite? Like someone uh, you got in the ring and you I were think like, the, that was awesome. The Tim Sylvia fight was yeah. probably one of my favorite fights. You know, he was six foot eight. <laughs> he's a giant guy. And How tall are you? I'm six foot one. Okay. You know, 290 pounds. I'm 220. I mean, wow. it was like Mutt and Jeff in a cage. <laughs> Uh, and it, yeah, it was again, 44 going on 45 years old. Most people thought I was going to get my butt kicked and yeah. it just didn't go that way. So it was, it was definitely a great crowd in Ohio, uh, in, in Columbus and, and, uh, just, it was an amazing night. Okay. Your biggest pet peeve? Smoking. Yep. Okay. Can't stand it. I'm aligned on that. Uh, if you hadn't become a fighter. What do you think your life would have been? What would I think if, if I had not forayed into mixed martial arts, I would probably be coaching at the collegiate level somewhere in wrestling. Okay. Yeah, maybe teaching, but probably coaching. For you sure. seem like a teaching just in your blood, but I but really coaching am, is a form of teaching. It is absolutely. Right. Where right. would you want to coach? Well, I was coaching at Oregon State. Right. I was the assistant wrestling coach there when I I left that job to pursue fighting full time. Mm-hmm. I think if I'd have stayed the course, I would have eventually been a head coach somewhere and been coaching at the collegiate level, probably. Yeah. Um, all right. The theme of the podcast is always we want to give advice, right, mm-hmm. to the listeners. So, 
it can be cliche because I think cliches tend to ring true, but your mm-hmm. best advice for how you got here, what keeps you going, anything that'll help them. Out. I think uh, it's it's passion, finding finding your passion, finding the thing that you're passionate about and that you really want to do um, is what it's all about. And that can sometimes come easy and, and you find it accidentally. Uh, and sometimes it takes work. You got to kind of ferret through a bunch of things before you find that thing that really makes you tick and that really seems to fit you. But once you have that passion for something, I think you're willing to make the sacrifices you need to do, the adjustments you need to make to to achieve the goals you set out to uh, achieve in that. Uh, last thing, your next goal, next big thing. What is it? Uh, I'm really enjoying. Uh, learning and becoming a, a better actor. Okay. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. I've got a great acting coach in Barry Primus, who's somebody I just connected with, and he's kind of been at every stage and, and level of, of the whole profession. Uh, and uh, you know, he's kind of helped me kind of learn how to find a way to tell the truth. you got to relate to these characters and enough to be able to tell the truth and portray them. If you're trying to act, nobody's going to buy it. Yeah. And that, that's something I've never done in my life. I've been an athlete my whole <laughs> life and boxed up my emotions and pushed them to the side to stay focused on the task at hand. Right. And uh, so now to kind of get in touch with those things and let them out, <laughs> it's a bit strange, but it, it's a very interesting process and I'm having fun learning more about it and doing it. Awesome. Well, we're rooting for you. PFL, New Year's Eve, six fighters coming out with a million dollars. We'll be watching on ESPN too. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, man. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. You bet. <laughs>